This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 324 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Nolan Ryan episode? Oh. Seven career no-hitters, all-time major league leader in strikeouts, the only pitcher ever over 5,000 strikeouts for his career. He had not only the seven career no-hitters, score, he had 12 career one-hitters, 18 career two-hitters, I mean, you just sit here and you look at the numbers that he put up, and it's unbelievable. Do you put him in the top 10 greatest pitchers of all time? I'm not sure that you do because while he did win 324 games, thus the dedication of today's episode, he also lost 292 career games. When he was on, he was very dominant, but there were times where he could not find the plate. And when he was off, he was a very beatable pitcher. In Grand Saline, Texas, there is a pharmacist who has a safe. And inside that safe are three Nolan Ryan rookie cards. Oh, wow. For all three of his sons, Corey, uh, Jonathan, and Chris Tomlin. They were very expensive back in the day, right around 300 bucks today. But they are still in a safe in the Tomlin Pharmaceutical back office. Because it was a pharmacy and a baseball card store and a music store, Chuck Freeby. Okay. Well, he uh, started his career with the New York Mets, so that would be his rookie card. Mm -hmm. Actually pitched in that 1969 World Series, the Miracle Mets. Kind of came to fame with the Angels in 1973 through two no-hitters that year. And in the second one, he struck out 17 batters. So he's so dominant in this game. They're in the ninth inning, two out. He's on the precipice of a no-hitter. And Norm Cash is playing for the Tigers. And Norm Cash comes to the plate with a table leg from the coffee table in the Tigers clubhouse. (laughs) And Ron Luciano has the plate. And Luciano says, go back and get a regular bat. And he says, Ron, I'm not going to hit him either way. (laughs) But he went back, got a regular bat, and uh, popped up to end the game. Did that lighten the load the moment a A little little bit? bit. Yeah. And uh, there was another guy on the Tigers that night, Mickey Stanley, and they're talking to him after the game about facing Ryan. Mm -hmm. He says, those were some of the best pitches I ever heard. (laughs) Oh, it's fast and furious on this episode already. So episode 324. The Ryan Express. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! 
Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! But I don't want to be a pirate! Whether you're a baseball fan or not, you've got to put your eyes on yesterday's Cubs-Pirates game. And I got to tell you, I as I watched it, I think for the eighth time, if you're a Pirates fan, don't you dare wear a Pirate shirt today. Don't no. do it. No. Don't do it's it. It's got to be as embarrassing as it gets for that franchise. Will Craig is a rookie first baseman, and I hear a lot of people trying to give him a hall pass because he's a rookie. I'm sure Will Craig has probably paid, played baseball since probably the age of four or five, maybe six. And that's one of the first lessons you teach to kids. How do we get people out? Most of the time, we can get them out by throwing the ball to first base. If it's hit on the ground to you, pick it up and throw it to first base. And then if you're the first baseman, what is your job? Corey, what is your job? Catch the ball and tag tag the base. You have two jobs. You catch the ball and you touch the base. And if you touch the base before the runner gets there, guess what, kids? He's out. Well, Javi Baez in the third inning yesterday against the Pirates, it's a ground ball to third. The throw pulls the first baseman off the bag. Javi is two steps away from the first baseman, so rather than run into the tag, he starts retreating towards home plate. At this point, Will Craig could have just gone to his right and gone over and touched first base, and the inning would be over because there were already two outs. But instead, Will Craig pursues Javi down the first base line. Javi retreats almost all the way to home plate. In the meantime, Wilson Contreras, the runner on second, continues all the way around. The first baseman sees Contreras coming, and rather than tag Javi or race back to the first base bag, he throws the ball to the catcher, who attempts to tag Wilson Contreras, who is ruled safe. Not only by the umpire, but apparently by Javi, who stands (laughs) in the first baseline, signals safe, and then realizes, oh, I still have to get to first base. The catcher now has the ball, realizes this too, and throws the ball in the direction of the second baseman, who is near first base, but he's not on first base. And so the ball goes into right field. And Javi, after diving headfirst into first base, gets up and runs to second base. It looked like something you would see at your local t-ball field. Mm -hmm. Bad news bears. Instead, this was in a major league baseball game. By the way, I'm going to give the announcers a C+. I think they were so caught up in the moment that their call of the play was a little under par. Are you talking about the Cubs TV announcers or the Pirates radio announcers? Whatever the one I heard was. It was like, it's the one where they said, go take another. He got to second base and uh, someone said. Deshaies said, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. That, that play, I thought, eh. As I watch, I've watched it a couple times. But, it's like, eh. But remember, they're calling it on TV. They're not calling it on radio. So you can see yourself what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was impressed. Okay. And they'll want to know my opinion. That's why I gave it. I'm sure. <laughs> but here, here's the full story. The Cubs win again. They've won four in a row. They sweep the Pirates. 
They win 5-3. They're a half game out of first in the National League Central. And the Cub bullpen continues to dazzle. Ryan Tapera gets out of a bases-loaded jam, and the Cub bullpen has not given up a run in 34 and two-thirds innings. That, Hmm. my friends, is a franchise record. I should say they haven't given up an earned run. They gave up an unearned run the other night in extra innings against the Cardinals, but they have not given up an earned run in 34 and two-thirds innings. So considering all the injuries on this team, and they are many. The fact that David Ross has this team within a half game of first place probably surprises management, certainly surprises fans, and you got to be pleased with the way the Cubs are playing right now. Does David Ross bring up those kind of stats, Chuck, in a pregame chat of like, just so you guys know, we are 34 innings. No. No. Guys don't care about that. You know, you you try to approach every day fresh. Mm -hmm. Yes, he appreciates the fact that his bullpen has been really good. But letting the team know about that, typically letting the team know about a streak is not something you want to do because then they start thinking about it or pressing. Just let them go out and do their job. Okay. Yeah. The White Sox did their job last night. Dylan Cease, fan 10, Baltimore Orioles. White Sox handled Baltimore 5-1. They are maintaining their lead in the American League Central. They need to because Cleveland is right on their heels. Terry Francona's team getting great pitching again last night. Shane Bieber tossed seven innings of one-hit ball, and Cleveland beat the Tigers by a count of 5-2. So the White Sox have won three of their last four. So, too, have the Indians, and that maintains the status quo in the American League Central. The nice thing this weekend on the south side with Baltimore in town is that Trey Mancini, the former Notre Dame star who fought colon cancer last year, comes in with the Baltimore Orioles. Corey, he is he's having an amazing season. Tell me more. He's batting two seventy eight. He has 11 homers, and he leads the majors with 42 RBI on a Baltimore team that's in last place in the American League East. There's no question that Trey Mancini is the American League Comeback Player of the Year. They might as well just take the award now and present it to him. And I think he'll be Baltimore's representative on the Major League Baseball All-Star team. And what a story that's going to be. All-Star game, when's that, ballpark? Mid-July. Mid-July. All right. So that's the story in Major League Baseball. The South Bend Cubs lost last night by a count of 4-3. to three. Fort Wayne ending that five-game win streak that the Cubs were on. They still have games scheduled for tonight. We'll, we'll yeah. see. And then uh, scheduled for tomorrow as well. Anything come down the pipe about uh, that fight the other night? You know, nothing yet. Hmm. Uh, I think the fact that there were no ejections, and again, the fact that Major League Baseball itself has to handle this mm-hmm. remember there is no used to be dick nussbaum who lived right here in south bend was the midwest league president and would have handled um adjudicating the the fight and deciding what kind of punishments and penalties would be handed out well there are no league presidents anymore and so major league baseball has to handle that and that's probably not real high on their priority list right now 
And then Notre Dame baseball, maybe even as you listen to this today, is playing Virginia. It's an 11 o'clock game out in North Carolina in the ACC tournament. If the Irish win, they reach the semifinals, the final four of the ACC tournament. If they lose, I don't think it hurts them all that much. You'd love to be able to put a conference championship with the tournament into your resume, but Link Jarrett's team has certainly done enough to merit hosting a regional here in South Bend, and those would be next weekend. And I know the first question for fans, well, can we go? And the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) I guess we'll find out when they name the sites and everything. The announcement's been made about football being able to attend. Right, and that was the big announcement coming out on Wednesday is the university announced that all 77,622 tickets are available for purchase for the 2021 season. So it will be a full house at Notre Dame Stadium. Now, they haven't set the protocols and procedures yet. A lot of people wondering, well, will vaccinations be required in order to attend? We don't know yet. I think they're trying to work with St. Joe County authorities and see how things are as we get closer to the season. I don't think they want to necessarily bring that hammer down if they don't have to, because it's another thing that then they have to work. You know, you sell the tickets, and now you still have to worry about, well, do we have proof of vaccination, et cetera, et cetera? What about resale of tickets? How do you... So it feels like it's changing every day. You know, it's like it continues to evolve quicker than actually what I expected. You know, like when we planned our summer concerts, it was a much different landscape to what it is today to what it probably will be on June 11th. You know, and then we're talking about September with football. Right. It could be, let's go. Yeah. Let's just and, go. <laughs> and and I hope that's the case. Yeah. I hope it's not where people have to feel one way or the other. Because I know people feel strongly on both sides of the vaccination mm-hmm. argument. And that's not what we're here for. We're here for sports. So hopefully that'll be the case. Tailgating, the player walk, all the game day traditions that we're kind of used to for football are all on the table as possibly coming back here for the 2021 season. But it'll be nice to have big crowds. As I, We talked about on Monday, or excuse me, on Wednesday's show, how nice it was to see crowds back this weekend. And we'll see crowds coming up this coming weekend down in Indianapolis. How do you feel about the 500? I have been to the time trials as a young lad. Uh, I've been to the Brickyard uh, five times to see a NASCAR race. I've never actually seen the Indianapolis 500 race. But being southwestern lower Michigan where I grew up, living in Indiana the last 30 years, it's part of who we are in the state. So I'm glad fans get to see it. I'll put my eyes on it Sunday afternoon. 135,000 allowed in the Brickyard, a place that typically can hold about a half million. So it'll still look sporadic. And by the way, it's been a long time since they've had attendance numbers like that before oh, yeah. pandemic. Oh, no question about it, it. It's been a long time. Yeah, the crowds have been down. The interest in IndyCar racing in general has been down. Yeah. There was a time in the 70s and 80s where IndyCar was the number one racing organization. Yeah, you knew driver names. Exactly. Yeah. Then NASCAR surpassed it. And NASCAR is still 
I think for most casual fans, mm-hmm. they might be able to name you or at least recognize the names of many of the NASCAR drivers. Very few will recognize the names of IndyCar drivers. Yeah. So Scott Dixon has the poll. That might be a recognizable name because he's had the poll for four times at Indianapolis. I think most people would be hard-pressed to tell you that Takuma Sato is the defending Indy 500 champion. Uh, speed difference between a NASCAR and a IndyCar? Uh, probably about, I'm going to say about 30 to 40 miles an hour at peak speed. Okay. So an IndyCar going down the back stretch is going to go about 225. Uh, a NASCAR car, I think, at peak speed is probably around 185, 190. Okay. <laughs> oh, you'll hear a lot of that. And I'll tell you what, growing up, when I grew up, and I'm going to sound like old guy here, so sorry if Uncle Chuck's weaving a story here. But when I grew up, the Holman family owned the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and they were so afraid of the beast that was network television that they did not allow the Indy 500 to be shown live. You had to watch it on tape delay that night, no matter where you were in America. So when I grew up, it was a big deal to listen to it on the radio, and that was one of the biggest radio networks there ever was, was Mm -hmm. the Indy 500 radio network. We carried it here on shortwave at our station for years and years and years to help with the worldwide proliferation of the 500. Mm -hmm. And to to listen to it, and, you know, radios in those days didn't have quite the sound radios do today, and to, to listen to it, to hear Jim Neighbors singing back home again in Indiana, to hear the Purdue... All-America Marching Band, and to kind of have the visuals going on in your head as the announcers describe the action. That was something that once you saw it in person, they did a really good job of kind of capturing it because they would talk oh, about yeah. how colorful the cars were and and they would go to into great depths to describe the color and the, the make of the different cars. But there's nothing quite like seeing it either. One of my favorite uh, uh, fun facts was that there were announcers in every corner of the track because it's so big. Yes. It's not just two guys up in the booth. It's oh, no. the way they were tossing it to each other to capture the race. That When I learned that later in life, I was like, wow. Just the timing and the rhythm and the, the pass-off and the handoff, you know? Well, and again, I don't think people have any idea how big that place is. Right. I mean, we put out a graphic a couple of weeks ago that was published that says, at the same time, the infield could hold all of Vatican City, the Roman Coliseum, the L.A. Coliseum, Yankee Stadium. There were a couple of other landmarks in there, too. It's just, it's a massive place. It can house all of those inside the track. Yes. And that's, uh, what did you say, 1 o'clock on Sunday? 12.45 is when the green flag is scheduled to drop. Okay. 
1235 for Jim Cornelison singing oh, back boy. home again in Indiana. All right. I think they've made a good choice there as a replacement for Jim Neighbors. Does he get the national anthem as well, or are they bringing somebody else? Oh, the national anthem is performed by the Purdue All-American Marching Band. Oh, not sung. Uh, it might be sung, but I don't think Cornelison does that. Okay. Former so, guest on the Sports uh, Yak podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'll have to look up the number. NBA playoffs continued last night. Anthony Davis, 34 points, 11 rebounds. The Lakers, remember, kids, they're only the number seven seed. But they beat Phoenix last night, 109-95. They take a two-games-to-one lead in that series. Denver got a big game out of Nikola Jokic last night. He had 38, and they held off Portland. I think the final was 120-115. to Milwaukee's absolutely destroying Miami in this series. They beat them by about 30 last night. So the Bucks just a win away from moving on to the second round there. And then a big night. Of high school sports last night. I'm I have to admit I'm a pretty big track and field fan. I think we've talked about this before. You have. And there's a young man on Penn's team named Vinny Nearswicky, who is having just an outstanding season. Last night he won both the 110 high hurdles and the 300 meter low hurdles. And John Carroll's Kingsmen defend their regional title from 2019 and win the sixth Penn boys track regional title in school history. Pretty impressive performance. Not only did Nearswicky win both hurdle events, Penn won the 4 by 800 They had a young man named Mariano Retzloff, who is a outstanding uh, distance runner. He, run, he won the 3,200 meters, and they had other qualifiers for state as well. So Penn goes on to win. Northridge was second. Carter Bach wins the discus competition there. He's a regional champion. Marion's Trace Walter was second. Elkhart had another good night in the sprints. There is something in the water over there, Corey. This week, both the Elkhart boys and the Elkhart girls won 4 by 100 relay regional championships. Derek Woods, the young man from the football team who's headed to Grand Valley State, won the 100-meter championship. Elkhart also won the 4 by 400 so a really good night. Oh, and let's not forget Goshen had Drew Hogan win the 1,600 meters last night. So a really good night for area runners down in Kokomo last night. Baseball and softball sectionals are ongoing. Last night, Matty Calvin, a home run to help Penn win another softball sectional championship as they beat Laporte 4-1. to Earl Keith St. Joe Indians come up with a nice 7-0 win over New Prairie down at Newton Park. Savannah Hamilton was outstanding in the circle. She tossed a three-hitter in the championship game, so the Tribe grabs a sectional championship. And in high school baseball last night, they got underway in the Northridge sectional, and Penn and Elkhart were winners there. They will meet Saturday, Warsaw and Northridge on the other side of that bracket. Tonight, weather permitting, St. Joe will take on Clay. St. Joe would have to play New Prairie in the sectional championship over there as the Cougars won the other night on a walk-off hit to oust Marion by a count of 2-1. to one. Quick sports act fat check. Country superstar Jimmy Allen singing the national anthem on Sunday. Means nothing to me. I will stick with the Purdue All-American marching <laughs> band. Yeah, you will. How did you describe Jimmy Allen? Country superstar. He's not a superstar. I've never heard of him. 
Well, country music's He's not your not a superstar. wheelhouse. You know who's a superstar in country music? I can name a ton of them. Garth Brooks, Toby Keith. There's there's Keep all going. Kind, there's all kinds of um Randy Travis. He's a superstar. Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton's a superstar. Carrie Keith, Underwood. Would you say Keith Urban? Keith uh, yeah, I I has I guess I would put him in country more than anything else. He's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Hank Williams Jr.? Jimmy Allen, not there. No? No. They they need to take superstar off that name. I'll uh, I'll send an email to the writers of that article. Please do. Mm-hmm. Can I sign your name? Yeah. And now, I will say this for Jimmy Allen. He's not as bad as Caillou, but... <laughs> Insert theme song here. How's the one-hit wonder contest going? Thanks for asking. Let's check Twitter at SportsYak with two Ks. You know, we launched a new one this morning. Oh, what a new one we have today. The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia by Vicki Lawrence, who I think was actually on the Carol Burnett show. Yes, she and was. And that was kind of what helped propel this. Mm-hmm. And she goes up against Falco and Rock Me Amadeus, which was taking advantage of the fact that Mozart was winning every movie award known to man back then. <laughs> I believe there's a German version and an English version. Go English. I hope you went with the English version, yes. Uh, we only got 20 votes on uh, one previously this week. You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone, uh, just demolishing Butterfly by the band Crazy Town for the one-hit wonder. Uh, let's see here. What else? Daniel Powder and Bad Day demolishing Sukiyaki. Not surprising there. And uh, and then, of course, today, Vicky Lawrence versus Falco. One hit wonder at SportsYak. Do you uh, retweet that for us? Yes, I do. Because, you know, you've got the numbers. It's right there for the kids. <laughs> Not sure the kids are all that captivated by the one hit wonder. Contest. By the way, hats off to you if you make it through the entire video of Vicky Lawrence. And Falco, if you want to do your homework and go, all right, what are these two songs? P.S. They were both number one. Yeah, hard to believe. And then you said, you told me right before we went on the air that you were working hard on something for overrated, underrated. I'm curious. I've got uh, two segments for overrated, underrated. I have one. We'll see if there's any. I'll give you one. You give me yours, and then I'll end with ours. Sounds good. As a whole, the 10 seasons, 94 to 04, I give you friends. Well, then we'll only have two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say overrated. Overrated. I know that I'm not necessarily the generation they were trying to reach. Mm-hmm. 94 to 04. Although I'm yeah, I'm I'm in my 40s for the bulk of that. Yeah, and it's it's skewed younger, uh, and I know there are a lot of people that swear by it, and they found it hilarious. I I thought some of the characters were incredibly annoying. I'm not going to say that my eyeballs avert from a Jennifer Aniston because they don't. Um, however, overall, I I'd say it's overrated. Okay, I. Watched the reunion special with my wife last night, and I went into the reunion special saying overrated. 
I had not revisited any of those shows since the first time they aired. Mm-hmm. I did watch the reruns during the summer, but 94 to 04, I am 24 years old to 34 years old. You're, I'm you're in right the, the wheelhouse. wheelhouse. Watching those last night, I'm going underrated. Really? I, I suggest a 14-year-old that I have in the house right now should watch that uh, for the first time, and I think he would get a kick out of it. It's funny. It's in my opinion, it's funny. Now that the reunion show has aired, mm-hmm. and I apologize for anybody who's saving it on the DVR, but wasn't the reunion show just them sitting around and talking about the show? Yes. Yeah, it was revisiting the set. It was rebuilt. Uh, highlights from the show, different celebrities, different people kind of talking about the influence it had. Yeah. Huh. I didn't love James Corden hosting it. I thought that was a poor choice. Yeah. Nobody told me it was going to be this way. Um, it's four claps, not five. It's four. Uh, was Friends going to be yours? Overrated, yeah. underrated? All mm-hmm. right. Lightning round, overrated, underrated. Ooh. You ready? I'm, I'll try. Matt LeBlanc. Underrated. Courtney Cox. Down the middle. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> um, I'd say in terms of acting, overrated. What, whatever. Have you ever seen her stray from? She's just, she's that character no matter what she's in. Right. Mm-hmm. There was one movie where she, it was her and Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Ed. See Riley, and it was an awkward movie. No makeup, hair was messy. Yeah, but it it didn't do her any good. It didn't help the cause. Yeah, overrated. You're saying I, I, I'm I'm saying in terms of acting, overrated. Obviously, she's an attractive lady, but I'll say overrated. Lisa Kudrow. Uh never really. I I think she had the toughest character to do in the show. So I'll I'll give her down the middle. I feel like she took that mad about you waitress character right into Friends. Yeah, the same same person. Uh, David Schwimmer, overrated. And finally, Matthew Perry. I really liked him. I I think it's sad the struggles that he's had in his personal life. Yeah, I'll say down the middle. And they're on full display in the rerun reunion. Sure, I mean, it's it's rough. Uh, I'm with you. The most successful of the six. What, financially? Sure. Uh, Or career-wise. Has to be Aniston. Yeah, I'd say that too. I mean, what what else major have you seen Schwimmer in? LeBlanc has, LeBlanc did okay with a couple of TV shows. Yeah, that's sitcom money. And then, uh, what do you call that when the sitcoms go on to... Syndication. Syndication. There's money. Yeah, he he did okay... um, TV wise, yeah, Aniston was able to turn hers into a film career. Mm-hmm. Cox had already kind of, now. Cox did very well with Desperate Housewives too. She was on that. I think she. Are was. you thinking of Terry? Uh, what's her face? I thought she. They're was They're real on it and they're too. spectacular. I thought Terry Hatcher. Yeah, well, I thought Cox was on it too, but I could be wrong. I'm going to fact check that. All right, there could um, be some editing on today's show. No, nah, it's fine. In the reunion, they were really worried that it was going to be the Courtney Cox show. 
because she was the biggest at well, the time. She was the star based on the video that she did with Springsteen dancing in the dark, mm-hmm. and that really propelled her career. You're thinking of Cougar Town. Okay. Cougar Town. That probably a spinoff or based somewhat on Desperate mm-hmm. Housewives. Um, she's on Family Ties. Yes. Uh, David Schwimmer. I mean, other than Band of Brothers, I really don't. He's on a Peacock show that I don't watch. Yeah. And Matthew Perry just kind of failed attempts at things. Well, Matthew Perry was his own worst enemy, or at least the illness of addiction was yeah. his own worst enemy as well. Rough rough watch when that, when that comes up in the, the reunion, just what he's going through. and Yeah. Yeah. All right, one hit wonder. We'll we'll launch those on Twitter. Obviously, it's now, wait. Hang on a minute. You're on Twitter, right? I am. I think we need to inform the public though that there's not going to be another yak until what the Monday after Memorial Day. Yeah, you're away. You're you're at a conference. Eleven, ten, nine, eight, seven. June seventh. Okay, is our scheduled being back together. You could always come in here and do it yourself. I could, but I don't think that people would find that nearly as entertaining, <laughs> nor would the sound quality probably be nearly what it needs to be. Did you answer yes to my Twitter question? I am on Twitter. I'm at 46 Sports. Where's my blue check mark? We're waiting. We're waiting. Sports Yak with two Ks. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Nolan Ryan. Why don't you put Robin Ventura in a headlock and just give him noogies? We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.